Good morning, church. It's good to be with you. August is Women's Month. So to all the women, happy Women's Month. The message I want to share today is a story that we read in the Gospels. And it's a story about a woman from whom we can learn a lot about reaching out in faith and hope. And more than ever before, we need to be a people of faith and hope. And the lessons that we can draw from the story are applicable to both men and women. And the story is about the woman with the flow of blood. And I'm going to read from Luke chapter 8, verse 43 to verse 48. And it reads as follows. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately a flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What is her name? The scriptures don't tell us what her name is. They basically refer to her as the woman. And this woman had a blood flow, which suggests that it was a menstrual problem. And this would have been a very serious situation because among the Jews, menstruating women were unclean. And being perpetually or continuously unclean for 12 years was a serious matter. So we have a person who is not only suffering from a physical illness, but also a social and a religious one. So she doesn't come to Jesus to ask for help which makes sense if she considers herself unclean. Instead, she decides to join the crowd close to him with the hope that she will be able to touch his garment. She had faith that if she had the opportunity to touch his garment, that she would receive her healing. So she manages to get through the crowd and she touches Jesus' garment. Jesus asks, who touched me? It's a strange question. Even the disciples were finding it a strange question. After all, they were surrounded by a lot of people, by a big crowd, and they were pushing, and they were just, you know, touching him all the time. And now Jesus asks, who touched him? Of course, this leads us to ask Why was this woman healed? Certainly, she wasn't the only one in the crowd. 
that needed healing because of suffering. The answer comes from Jesus himself. He said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out of me. This was no random touch. She was healed, not because Jesus wanted to heal her or because she was the only one that needed healing. She was healed because this woman had faith. There was nothing magical about the garment that brought her healing. It came by faith as the woman publicly touched Jesus' garment. And Jesus said to the woman in Luke 8.48, he said, your faith has made you whole. The touch of faith is different from the physical touch. She touched his garment with faith. His garments were basically a point of contact because she didn't even touch Jesus physically. What is faith? Faith is a living, vibrant trust. Faith is the most vital ingredient needed to successfully live our Christian life. And God wants us to trust him in everything. And when we do, we please him. The Bible reminds us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is just not a fruit of the Spirit. It's also a gift of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, we read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, goodness, and faith. Faith is something every believer has. It depends on what each one of us does with that faith. The Lord expects us to use our faith and mature it into a great faith. The Bible challenges us to be strong in the faith, giving glory to God, Romans 4.20. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to develop the fruit of faith in our lives, we will be better equipped to bring God's glory. The Bible says that if we are to run our career successfully, we must keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He alone will enable us to receive the goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How can you and I increase our faith? Listening to the word of God is instructions for our lives. In Romans 10, 17, we read, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It means that you and I have to develop our relationship with the Lord. Let's speak a little bit about hope. Most people understand hope as a positive thought, like I hope something will happen. But this is not what the Bible tells us about hope. The biblical definition of hope is confident expectation. 
It is a firm guarantee of things that are not clear in our lives or that we do not yet know. Hope is one of the strongest and most precious human emotions. A person with hope can live and endure difficult circumstances by focusing on the desired outcome. But when hope disappears, there is no strength to fight or to endure. We have hope and that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. The same Jesus who said very clearly that in this world we would have afflictions. He also said in John 10, 10, I have come that you have life and life in abundance. So today I would like to challenge you to embrace a new sense of hope in your life. And how do we do this? It starts by placing our trust, our faith in a God of hope and The God of the Bible is a God of hope. We need people today who live by this. People who live with faith and not despair, with hope and not fear. Today, there are still people with hope. We have seen people face great challenges with faith and the hope that God gives and win. Sometimes, God intervenes miraculously. Other times, he gives the grace to withstand and meet the challenges. But people of faith are always people of hope. I want to talk about three elements from our story today. And the first element is the woman. And the woman represents each one of us. She was in a desperate situation. She was suffering. She had been bleeding continuously for 12 years. She went to every doctor to find a cure, a solution. But going to all these doctors just complicated the situation even more. Why? Because she spent every single thing she had to pay to go to these doctors. So now she was even worse than ever before. She not only had a physical problem, but she had a social, a religious, and a financial problem. So her situation seemed totally hopeless. And many can identify finding themselves in a similar situation as this woman. But this woman risks to stand out from the crowd with faith and hope in Jesus Christ. The woman heard about Jesus and decided to take a stand to receive her healing. If she had looked at her circumstances, I am sure that she wouldn't have achieved her healing or her victory. But this woman had faith and she had hope and she put her circumstances aside and just went forward. You see, your actions reveal your belief. In fact, she goes on, even though she feels weakness in her body, she creeps gracefully, unnoticed, through the crowd, and she had one goal, and one goal only, 
to get to Jesus. She came from behind him and touched the hem of his garment. You see, she stayed focused. And sometimes illnesses and challenges in life are the avenues by which we find healing and even salvation. Many people are looking for or going after the faith of the preacher or the faith of the person that is praying instead of exercising their personal faith. You see, the gospel is something personal and it's our responsibility to seek to walk and live in accordance with his commandments. And the word of God is full of these conditions for our lives. Are you walking and living within the conditions of the Word of God so that you can obtain answers to your prayers? In James 4, 7, we read, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You see, this scripture starts with the word submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And he gives us hope when we submit our lives to him and obey him. As we walk with him in communion, in relationship with him, learning his ways, listening to his voice, then we can resist the enemy and he will flee from us. But you see, it requires effort, work and discipline from our part. The second element I want to speak about is the crowd. And the crowd represents each one of us, but also the people around us. And in this story, the crowd is mentioned several times. I think God wanted us to pay attention to this. The crowd imposed a problem for this woman. Because if the crowd knew this woman, she would probably be rejected. According to the law, she was impure, an exile, and she was cast aside. So no one should have contact with this woman. The crowd would have most probably despised her or even have chased her away. But they didn't even notice her in the crowd. And you know why? Because they were too busy trying to approach Jesus themselves. They were too concentrated on their own approach, but they were also curious to see what was going on. There's a crowd that surrounds us in our daily lives. And there are many desperate people around us every day. Many that might be standing even in our way from getting to Jesus, delaying us to get to Jesus. Some are very desperate people. They might even have heard about faith and hope, but still feel hopeless. Therefore, they have no aim and are just following what is the trend. You and I, as I said, are part of the crowd. I challenge you today, let's stand out. Let us be the instruments to take faith and hope to those 
that need it. Let's not be ashamed to profess our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's take a leap of faith for Jesus Christ, the one who died for us. In a lost and dying world, let's stand up and say that our Jesus can save. He came to take our sin. He came to take the sin of the world. He took all those sins upon himself. And he is the only answer. Let's proclaim that. In an immoral society, let's stand up and say enough is enough with our testimony and our way of living. May none of us stand in the way of anyone who wants to get to Jesus, but rather let's be facilitators to allow people and help people to get to Jesus. Let's take a stand for Jesus. He gave his life for us. The third and most prominent figure in the story, and that's my third element, is Jesus. Jesus, our only hope in whom we place our faith. You see, Jesus is always nearby and is always within reach of your touch. He should be our aim and our goal. We learn by the story that Jesus is never too busy to hear us and to help us. God is moved to act by our faith, even when he's busy with something else. Remember that in this story, Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house to pray for his daughter. And he was interrupted by the woman's touch. And he stopped, for he felt that virtue had come out of him when the woman reached out in faith and received her healing. Jesus was moved by her faith. And that's what made him stop. He felt that virtue leave him and it was moved by her faith. And God is moved by our faith because it pleases him. He stopped to address the woman. He acknowledged her. He acknowledged her faith. And he sent her away with his blessing. And then he continued his journey. You see, the Lord is nearby and he wants each one of us to be restored. That is his desire. And he will hear each one of us every time we reach out to him. And we need to believe that this can be a reality in our lives. We must trust the Lord, his love, and his care for each one of us. We must believe and have faith that he will do what he has promised. In Hebrews 13, 5, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is a promise. God's promises are yes and amen. So if he says he will never leave you nor forsake you, He means it and he will do it. 
You see, the key point in all this is he gives us hope and, and our faith grows as we walk in fellowship and communion with him by learning his ways, by listening to his voice and then submitting and obeying him. We need to develop our relationship with the Lord daily. It's got to be a work on a daily basis. We need to give attention to that. So as we close, I want to challenge you to give everything to the Lord, to allow hope to flow from your spirit and fill your entire being. Allow your hope and faith to be renewed today and to fill your heart and give you the courage you need to face the challenges in life. Allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life in its entirety. We are now going to have communion. So I want to ask you to first thank him for his love for you. Thank him that he is your God. And then place your requests, your burdens at the feet of Jesus. And know that as you reach out in faith and hope, that he will be there for you. Be blessed. Let us get ready now to enjoy communion together. In the message today, you heard that Jesus restored the dignity of an unknown woman. Jesus came to restore our dignity, whether you're a man or a woman. And this month, as we celebrate communion, let us remember that Jesus came to restore. In his culture, women were looked down upon as second-class citizens. Throughout the Gospels and the New Testament, you find Jesus restoring the position of a woman. The Bible says that there is no Jew nor Greek. In other words, all nations are brought together in Jesus. There is no slave nor free. All social classes come together in Jesus. There is no male or female. The Lord embraces all and men and women are called by God, gifted by God, honored by God. And so this month as we do communion, ladies, remember, you are included. You have a calling. You have value. Men, honor and acknowledge the women in your life. Allow them to live out their calling and their gifts in God. Let us remember that Jesus came to restore all of us. Make us one in Christ. Amen. Come, let's take the bread. Let us begin with the bread, remembering what Jesus did for us. Father God, thank you for the fruit of the ground. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who came and gave his life for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave yourself everything you had, Lord, to make us one. Your body was broken that we who are many could become one. Many nations, social classes, male female, one in you, Lord. We thank you for what you accomplished for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's enjoy the bread together.
that God reminds us that all our sins were forgiven. The price of all our sins were paid through Jesus Christ. We are all one body in Him, male, female, all classes, all nations. Thank you, Lord, that the fruit of the vine reminds us of the blood of Jesus, paying the price for all our sins so that we all together could be one in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's drink the cup of blessing. Praise the Lord. So good to discern the body of Christ together, to drink life, amen, to partake in the body of Christ and partake of His nature. The Lord bless you. Thank you, Father, for this time together, Lord God. Bless your people. May you enjoy a wonderful week. May the peace of the Lord be with you. And we'll see you again next Sunday. Amen.